Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Faith, hope, love. Every time I came, the worship was amazing, and it was this morning, this morning again. Every time I came, the message was fantastic, but it was more than just the worship and more than just the message. It was the spirit of this place. And uh, what is amazing to me is that all over, uh, over all these years, the atmosphere hasn't changed. It's actually even greater now. So I want to start this weekend by saying a big thank you to you, C3 Amsterdam, to you, Pastor Steve and Lisby. Uh, you have blessed me more than you know. And the fruit that we see in Lausanne is also a little bit of your fruit. Uh, because it's the result of your investment into the C3 family and your investment into my life. So thank you, thank you so much. My wife, Marianne, would have loved to be here with me. She stayed uh, in Lausanne for our church services and for our kids, I guess. I don't, th I don't think they need us anymore, but we, we would like to think that they do. So actually, they do need a car every now and then, a car ride. So, yeah. But she sends her love and uh, greetings to you. Well, I've got a word on my heart uh, that I'd like to share with you. Uh, it's, a word, it's a word that I received last summer. Actually, it was, I think it was May or June. I was under the shower and the word came. So I came out of the shower and I told my wife, I got a word. <laughs> she wasn't too impressed, but, uh, but it was a strong word in my heart. And um, I, I've kept that word for a good six months and, and, and I meditated on that word. And then I finally got to uh, share that word with C3 Lausanne over the last uh, three, four weeks now. Uh, but I want to share that word with you because I don't think it's word just for Lausanne. I actually believe it's a word for the, for the wider body of Christ. And I'm saying this because uh, I recently realized that this word is actually the theme of the next presence conference in Sydney. So I think Pastor Phil is copying me. That's what it is. Somehow he's heard that I received something and took it. Or, or, or maybe it's just the Holy Spirit who's telling something to the whole church, let's say that. So this word is based on a story that we find in the book of Exodus, 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 chapter 33. Yeah, get it? If you don't understand, just uh, <laughs> replace by another word. <laughs> it is fine in the second book of the Bible, chapter 33. And in this story, we see Moses talking to God and asking him a very specific thing. Moses had just spent time in the presence of God, and it was a pretty intense time. He had been on the Mount Sinai, where God had given him the tables of the law. And during that time, the people of Israel had stayed in the valley, and because Moses had been gone for quite some time, the people started to be a little impatient. So they decided to build an idol, to build a golden calf, and started to worship it. You know the story, right? 
When Moses came down from the mountain, he realized what the people were doing and he, he lost it. He was so angry that he threw the tables of the law on the ground. And then he took the golden calf and put it in the fire. Moses was really upset. He just had a fantastic time in God's presence. And now he's back to reality. And a reality that is so disappointing. So Moses started to doubt about his leadership capacity. He started to wonder if he was the right guy to lead these people. The people that went away so easily from God's presence. A people with such a hard, hard heart. So he talked to God and, and he asked for help. He said, God, you need to do something. I can't do it by myself. You, you know that type of prayer? I pray that prayer every morning. <laughs> I pray that, morning this, that prayer this morning. God, you have to do something. It's not going to happen just by myself. I'm not saying you've got a hard heart, right? And haven't seen a golden calf, so we're safe. But it's just the, the task of leadership can seem at times a little bit overwhelming. Of course, God wasn't surprised by the people's rebellion. So he said to Moses, you go. I'll be with you. You bring the people into the promised land. Don't worry. I am with you. That's a pretty good promise. I mean, having God with us, is a good thing. But this is not enough for Moses. He needs more from God. He, he, he knows that the task is going to be extremely difficult. So he asked God, asked God one more thing. He said, okay, it's good that you're with me. But God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. The New King James Version adds the word please. God, Please, show me your glory. I find that request quite surprising because Moses' problem was a leadership problem. He's not sure if he can lead the people. He's not sure if he's the right guy. And the thing that he asked God is, show me your glory. He could have said, give me more authority. I need more authority. Or he could have said, give me some Give me some superpowers, some super things that I can do. Give me more patience, or, or like, like Solomon, give me wisdom. He could have asked, help me define my core values. Or give me the right words for my vision statement so people would get it. To me, these requests are more appropriate. But Moses wants to see the glory of God. He wants to understand who God is. He wants to see him in his splendor so he can lead the people and accomplish what God has asked him to do. Show me your glory. Please, God, show me your glory. You know, in a way, I'm also a little puzzled when I look at the world that is around us. A world that is, generally speaking, rather opposed to God. A world, a world that worships all kinds of things, but not God. 
and the church that we are living in this world, we don't always know how to influence the world in a positive way. So we, we come up with nice programs and good music. But a good program or good music will never change the heart of a man. We come up with nice speeches, but, but nobody is interested in our speeches. So just like Moses, I wonder if the solution is not in a greater revelation of who God is. A greater revelation of the glory of God. We need to experience that glory for us to lead our own life, but also for the world, to love the world and to lead the world. If we want to be a positive church or a church with a positive influence, if we want, if we want to lead the world, if we want to, to be the church of Jesus Christ, then I believe we need a greater revelation of who God is. We need to see His glory. God, show us your glory. Please, God, show us your glory. This world, this word glory has been living in me for months now. It's like I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm like the prophet Isaiah who said in his book, My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. I'm like King David in Psalm 63 when he says, you, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. It's not that I feel like I'm spiritually dry, no. But, but it's just that there is in me a longing for more, that more of God, more of His life, more of His glory. There is a thirst and a hunger in me that is not yet satisfied and will probably never be satisfied, hopefully. There's a frustration, a good frustration, that pushes me to seek Him. A hunger that compels me to go on a quest a quest for the presence of God. A quest for His glory. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about an experience that he had. He says, 14 years ago, I was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. I was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things Things that no one is permitted to tell. Fourteen years later, Paul still remembered the moment. He was forever impacted by that experience. I believe 2019 could be a vintage year. A year where God will reveal his glory in a greater way to you, to me, and to the world. Are you ready for it? Do you desire it? You know, in Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will seek me and you will find me. That, that, that's the good news. God can be found. God doesn't hide. You will seek me and you will find me. But he, had a, he adds an if. You know, you had an if series, I believe, not too long ago. 
I don't know if you talk about this one. You will seek me and you will find me if or when, same word, right? When you seek me with all your heart. Experiencing more of God requires a greater commitment, a greater consecration. It is difficult to experience more of God when you come to his house once a month. It is difficult to experience more of God when we keep our mouths shut during worship. You will seek me and you will find me if you give all you have. If you throw yourself in this, then you will find me. The other day I was lying on my couch with my wife Marianne and we didn't do much during that day and we were tired for no reason. So I looked at Marianne and I said, Marianne, we need to find a new vision for a couple. Because uh, it's true that we are in a new season of life. We used to be parents with small kids and they would follow us everywhere we went. And now, well, we're still parents, but I'm not sure what happened because the kids are big and I'm not sure who's following who, who's following who. So the training phase is almost over, almost. Uh, family holidays probably over, except if we go to Tahiti or some expen expensive places. So clearly, we need, to, we need to find a new vision for, for this new stage of life. So, so I took my Bible and I opened to the Song of Solomon. That's a good place to have a vision for your couple. And uh, uh, it's a book, as you know, that talks about love and the love between a man and a woman. And a wonderful book. And, and in chapter 3, I read something like, it is written, all night long on my bed, I look for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through the streets and the squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but did not find him. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. Her beloved wasn't where he was supposed to be. Her beloved wasn't where he was the last time she saw him. We cannot live 2019 like we lived 2018 or 2010. God is not where we've seen him the last time. It's not that he has left us. He never leaves us. It's not that he has abandoned us. He said he would never do that. It's just that he wants to meet us elsewhere. Elsewhere than in 2018. Elsewhere than when we have experienced him the last time. In Song of Solomon, when the woman woke up and couldn't find her beloved, she went on that search. She went and looked for him. She ran around the city. She went in the streets and the squares. She didn't stop as long as she hadn't found her loved one. And when she finally found her beloved, it says, I held him and will not let him go until I had brought him to the house of my mother, into the chamber of her who conceived me. She brought her beloved in a place of intimacy, a place where there was life. I, I'm wondering if God is not waiting for us in that place 
of intimacy, the place where we will find life and life more abundant. It will not happen in a program or in a classroom. These, th these things have value. It's good to have programs and classrooms. But we need to find God elsewhere, a place of intimacy where there's a greater source of life. You know, I told C3 Lausanne that I have 20 more years to go before my retirement. And I said I will not last 20 more years with more programs and more activity on my agenda. And the truth is, it's the same for you. You're not going to last with a new program every now and then. It's only a fresh revelation of God and of his glory that will give us the strength to go on, that will maintain us in life. God, show me your glory. Please, show me your glory. I want to see you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Solomon finished the construction of the temple. So he called all the people. And in verse 11, it says, The Levites, who were singers, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed with, in with white linen, having cymbals, string instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. All of you are musicians in the worship teams, musicians and singers. You have a role of a priest. It's a highly spiritual position. God is equipping you with a, with a special anointing in order to function in that role. Don't limit your commitment to notes, keys, and rhythm. It's all very important. We've noticed that this morning. It's always easy to find the right key. But there's so much more than that. When you play, you have a ministry. You are an instrument in God's hand to bring the people into praise and worship. Solomon guarded the people together. The musicians were ready. The singers were ready. And then we read in verse 13, the trumpeters and the musicians join in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. They were all there. They were all in unity. The musicians, the singers, and the people. There were only one body. No one remained on the outside, out of this. No one was just observing. No one was just a spectator. All the instruments were playing. Everyone was singing. I can see you, C3 Amsterdam, having the same unity in worship. From the youngest to the oldest, from the first row to the back row, from the right to the left. One voice in worship. Hundreds and hundreds of hands lifted up, singing the same song, a song of worship, a song about the goodness of God. He is good. His love endures forever. He is good. His love endures forever. When Solomon and the people of Israel started worship, worshiping, when they were singing about God's goodness, then the glory of God filled 
the temple. It says that the priests could not perform the service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. I am convinced as we worship week after week, or day after day actually, as we lift up his name, we will see the glory of God. We will contemplate his splendor and beauty. And maybe sometimes we will have to stop our program and give room, room to God. Because God's glory requires more room. God's glory takes all the space. Let me just say in passing that in our quest to see God's glory, I don't think we should search for a cloud or some gold dust. That's Old Testament mode. If, we want, if God wants to manifest his glory in a way or another, that's fine. We'll accept it. But actually, Hebrew tells us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. So more of his glory in this church is actually more space, more room for Jesus is a bigger revelation of who Jesus is. And then when Jesus gets more room, we will see the glory of God in a greater way. And we will love like we have never loved. We will love God and love the people. We will worship like we have never worshipped. Then we will see like Stephen saw in Acts chapter 7. He said, I see the glory of God. I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. After that vision, Stephen was stoned, put to death, so maybe we leave that part of the story aside. Even if the glory of God, in my opinion, comes with brokenness. We're not broken in front of the world. We're not broken in front of the devil, we have authority in Jesus' name. But I believe we have to learn to walk in brokenness before God. Because we cannot approach God's glory with our heads up and our chest out. God is not going to share his glory. He might reveal his glory. He might cover us with his glory. But he will not share it. It belongs to him. David says in Psalm 51, You do not desire a sacrifice. Oh, I would give you, I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. It doesn't sound too good. It sounds quite negative, actually, but I'm convinced that in brokenness, which is more than just humility, in brokenness we find a key to God's presence in brokenness we can see his glory I believe we need to learn to fall on our knees again and des desperately search for God's presence I want to prophesy over you C3 Amsterdam over the church over your lives over your families I want to prophesy times of visitation strong encounters with God 
and it might even start tonight divine visitation during your church services but also times of visitation in your homes and family when you lay on your bed God's presence will come on you in your car or as you walk in the street of your city at different locations different moments the glory of God will manifest itself your eyes will then be open and you will see God like never before and then just like Moses your face will be radiant and the people will know that you have been in contact with God with the glory of God God show me your glory please show me your glory to finish to finish this message I'd like to read to you Psalm 24 it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all its people belong to him for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths who may climb the mountain of the Lord who may stand in his holy place only those whose hands are hot and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior such such people may seek you and worship in your presence O God of Jacob open up ancient gates Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been we've been moving away from him and today I want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved in Jesus name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info@c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus and we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you 
God bless you.